ברוכים הבאים בשם השם ורחנוכם מבייס השם The guy that broke into the house and said, what are you looking for? He said, looking for money. He said, okay, good, I'll come help you look. Okay. Um, Wednesday night cheer, every Wednesday night. This week is Pashas Tetzaveh. Tonight is Vov Oder, Oder Rishain. The yard site of Rabbi Shmayo Gerari. Samaria's Gerari. My wife is now saying Tachnan, she forgot. What so what? Shmayo ben Menachem Mendel. Rabbi Gerari was a son-in-law by the Fidik Rebbe, brother-in-law of the Rebbe. The Manal of our yeshiva, he ran the yeshiva for many, many, many years. Extremely, extremely powerful person. When we are taught that we should learn from people, who is a wise man? He who learns from everyone, from everyone what to do or what not to do. Rabbi Gerari was exemplary. The Begrari was a, a powerhouse. The Begrari. You stop. Whoever's on, on. The Begrari was a true chassid. A chassid, the sense of not just a chassid but a makusher. <laughs> Today, those words are so foreign, unfortunately. A chassid, okay, we understand the chassid, the uh, famous uh, quote. An African American, two African Americans are walking, and uh, two Chabadnikim walking on the boulevard in California. And one guy says to the other, he looks at them and he says, "What is?" It? He says, "Yo, what's that?" So the other one says, "The Hasidim." It's a Hasidim too, but what are they? <laughs> a Chosid. Ezel Chosid in Mishnah tells us, describes to us what a Chosid has to be. We don't find the word Mekusher anywhere. Mekusher to a Rebbe. His Kashras. The goal of the Chosid is to be a Mekusher to the Rebbe. To be bound Nafshei Kshura Benafshei. Pasek quoted about Yehuda, from Yehuda as he tells Yosef the connection of Yaakov Avinu with his brother Binyamin. Nafshei kshura benafshei. They are bound one with the other. To be a Makusha to the Rebbe 
one would say, I, I, of course I'm a Makusha. I write to the Rebbe everything. I ask the Rebbe everything. I do things that the Rebbe recommended, suggested. Do you? Do you really? Do you go on a constant basis? Do you always feel when you are seeing when you see somebody, you meet, need to make sure that they put on tefillin, a woman that she lit Shabbos candles. Do you take all the Rebbe's directive to your heart to such an extent that you live and breathe Rebbe? A true Makusha lives and breathes Rebbe. This is, accept- this is something that is time and history accepted that a Chassid is bound to his Rebbe. We received the last Maimah from the Rebbe, the Atat Tzavah B'nai Yisrael, to which the Rebbe explains in the beginning the concept of Rebbe and Chassid. The concept <coughs> Of Meish Rabbeinu. Of Meish Rabbeinu. Something's wrong with the video. People can't see. It's showing on the screen. But they can't see. Ah, no, 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 stop. Okay, he understands why. You understand why? It needs to be upgraded. They need to be upgraded. Okay, leave it. Rabbi explains, brought down the Zera Kodesh, Hai Yemuna Dulele Yisazan, Vyasparnes Minei Ayotcha. The Yemuna from above is supported, gives livelihood, to each and every Jew, through the Conduit of Meish Rabbeinu. So Meish Rabbeinu, because Ve'ata Titzave, means that Meish is the one that's now commanding, implies that Meish is the one that's Zonu Mefanis Yisrael Binyin Amuna. And it's explained that the Eden are considered Raglayim and Meish is considered the Reish. The Eden are considered feet, and Mesha is the head. Just like the feet carry the head everywhere, the feet elevate the head everywhere, so too, the Eden, by being connected to Mesha, and by having Mesha elevate them, automatically add to Meish Rabbeinu's essence. And therefore the concept of the Eden are Ma'aminim and Bnei Ma'aminim. Automatically they are believers. And they have a Munapshuta from because their soul, their inborn soul, is an inborn Amunah, belief in God. Because the Neshama Lamaila, the soul above, actually sees godliness. And the Neshama is a Chelek Elikah Mimah Mamish, is a part of God. 
But the neshama does not necessarily merit to see the essence of God. Because it's only, it's within God itself, it's a part of God. So definitely the neshama gives strength and incentive for the person to believe in God. But Meshir Rabbeinu, he feeds this, he strengthens this Emunah B'nai Israel. Because Meshe revealed was the pillar of strength by the Jews and gives that strength to their souls. In what way? Through Emuna. The Altarebbe writes in Tanya and Perik Lamed Beis, the famous Perik which refers to Avas Yisrael. Shaisim Gufam Ika Unifasham Tfela, when a person makes the guf, the main thing, and the nefesh, a side thing, it's impossible for there to be unity and love amongst them. But, the person that raises up and values the nefesh over the guf, the neshama over the soul, the body, soul over the body, since, because became a shesherish nishmes kolechad miyisrael ba'avaya echad, echad who? Since the nishedish, the roots of the neshamas of each and every Jew in God, the one and only God is one. Therefore, the person feels his neshama and understands that kol yisrael achim mamish, that all Jews are literally brothers, and he can come and he yachol. And he can therefore come on to becoming, to accomplishing and fulfilling the mitzvah of with his entire soul in relevant to the greatest Jew and the smallest altogether. This is therefore v'ato titzaves b'nei Yisrael. This is therefore that Meshe Rabbeinu, through his revelation to the Jews, the Keach of their Neshama, in addition to strengthening their belief through this, he causes the Tzavah B'nai Yisrael, which is a Tzivah, a command, but the word Tzavah comes from Tzavah V'chibur, attaching and so through the revelation of the Neshama, the Yidin become Tzavsa, the Chibar, connected one with the other, and becomes a total unison between Klal Yisrael. And says the Zayar, that we find is Pashtusa the Meisha Bechaldara Vedara. The natural question to the wall we just said now is if Meisha Rabbeinu gave the Emunah Meshe Rabbeinu was the boost for Amuna, but we don't have Meshe Rabbeinu today. Tells us the Zaya we do, we very do, because it's Pashtusa the Meshe is Bechol Dara Each and every generation has a spark, an essence of Meshe Rabbeinu. This essence is found in the Nasi Hadir. So therefore, as we see now time in history, a person to strengthen their belief, to strengthen their connection with God, needs to do so through the conduit, through the tzaddik adir. No. This brings us back to the point of a mekusher. What does a mekusher do? How does the Mekushar accomplish what he needs to accomplish? And in walks the Mekushar. This is Vav Adr. Vav Adr, the Yartzeit of the Rashag, who was the epitome of a Mekushar. But not just the epitome of a Mekushar. The Rashag, Rabbi Gerari, 
we walk into any business, a company of any sort, that has several um, talented workers, that has several people that are very capable people, and you look at these several capable people and you say, okay, who's better? Who's stronger? Who's smarter? Who's more equipped? Who's more eligible? And you find sometimes people vying for position. People trying to impress. People trying to show their value. To gain themselves power. To gain themselves a raise or whatever it might be. A chassid even amongst Chassidim. Although Chassidus demands from the person self-nullification, Bittl, Chassidim had that issue <laughs> where they always had a hard time saying that where the self-nullification has to start. Does it start by me or does it start by you? Yes, we have to be bittle, but the bittle should start by you. And the Tuchsidim, the Rebbe tells the story many times by Fabrengen, and therefore I have no qualms repeating it many times. Of the Tuchsidim that were Fabrengen in Russia, and unfortunately before the Iron Curtain came down, it was not a very good idea sometimes or actually it was not legal and Yidin definitely had a curfew everybody had a curfew but especially Yidin and so when Tuch Sidim had sat by Fabring late at night and they took a few Lechayims they walked home and it was after curfew obviously but it didn't occur to them, yeah, curfew, no curfew. They were thinking what the Rebbe spoke. They were thinking what they heard by the Fabreng and the inspirational words. And it broke out into a nigging. How does a chassid express himself with a nigging? And they were humming a merry tune between themselves. And a policeman heard this. And he asked them, and it was in Russian, the Rebbe says it in Russian always, who's going there? And the Chassidim, instead of running for their dear lives, answered, Bittl Diot, Bittl is going. I'm nothing, I'm, no, I'm totally nullified. But when you come into the base the, the base Harav, and you come into the Rebbe's house, and you have different people that have different values or different positions. You have the Meshamash Bekedesh, the Rajbak. You have the person that sits and takes care of the Rebbe's household, that brings food to the Rebbe's table, serves the Rebbe, Obviously, these people will consider themselves whatever they consider themselves. They had the schus. There's nothing to talk about. They had tremendous merit by doing what they had were given to do. But you know something? They felt important. Beyond. So when they walked in the streets, people said, Oh, there's the Rajbak, there's the person that was in the Rebbe's room that goes to the Rebbe's house that takes care of the Rebbe's physical needs. Wow. And you always try to get a story, a tidbit, or something. Maybe he got a napkin sometimes from the Rebbe's table, or maybe he had something left over from the Rebbe's table, food wise. Something that was there the guy had. Wow, he was so special. Needless to say, as a bus of a dog, <laughs> I'm special.
<laughs> I'm impotent. <coughs> How much more so? A son-in-law by the previous Rebbe. A son-in-law by the Fidik Rebbe. The fact that we know, especially since we know that the Rebbe, the Fidik Rebbe had only daughters, and the successor was a son-in-law. So if one of the sons-in-law was a successor, and that's what was accepted by everyone, that everyone knew that the son-in-law would be the successor of the Fidik Rebbe, the Rashag, Rabbi Gerari, was a son-in-law. He was married to a daughter of the Fidik Rebbe. Just like the Rebbe was. So we would think perhaps that Rabbi Gerari would have a little bit of a shall we say a bone to pick with the Rebbe. Saying that, you know, hey, you know, listen. <laughs> and he'd be on first name basis obviously with his brother-in-law. They would say, hey, listen, you know. You're a Rebbe, but I'm also, I have the same thing, I have the same Yerusha you have. Lomani Gora. Not only did the Rashag never hint, imply, or think such a thing, the Rashag, when the Rebbe would say a Maimir, by a Fabreng, and everybody stood up. There was a nigging before the Maimah, a special song introducing an introduction to the Maimah. During that nigging, the Rebbe would, you could see, the Rebbe was spiritually rising into total different realms. The Rebbe would tie his hand with a handkerchief under the table to keep his neshama in his body, to stay physically down here on this world. And everybody stood up. Then on Shabbosim, by Fabrengen, by Shabbos, there was another concept. There was something called a Maimah Ke'en Sicha. Which was a Maimah, but it was said in the format like a Sicha. Like a regular speech. Which meant that there was no nigan beforehand. And the Rebbe didn't close his eyes. But it was a Maimah nonetheless. By a Maimakein Sikha, everybody remained sitting. Those who sat during the Sikha sat by the Maimakein Sikha too. But not the Rashag. The Rashag would stand up when the Rebbe recited the Maimakein Sikha. How did they know that it's a Maimakein Sikha? Because it was started with a Divimaschal. It started with a, with a Pasuk. And ultimately it's transcribed. There's a Maimakein now. When the Rebbe was saying it, you saw by the, by the signal, you saw the way the Rebbe was talking. According to the Lush of the Sikhas, if it was a Rashi Sikha, the Rebbe spoke about Rashi. If it was a Sikha on Rambam, the Rebbe Rambam. If it was on, 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 uh, on the Nevi Yitzchak, on the Zayar, on Bira Zayar, the Rebbe spoke of that, that topic. If the Rebbe just spoke generally about Kibbutz Kalapalma, but something that for, in that format of, of that what he was talking about, it was a fabring, it was a regular sikha. When the Rebbe said, often pasik, such and such and such, then you knew it was a Maimakein sikha. And the Rashag knew it, and one of the ways that we knew it was the Rashag stood up. So, you know, your question is very valid. Yes, you're right. We didn't always know, because you couldn't always hear how the Rebbe started off. But if you saw the Rashag standing up, you knew that it was a Maimakein sikha. He had such bittle to the Rebbe, although he was, he could have, in any other circles, he could have said he was on e- equal plane, on even plane with the Rebbe. Never did he ever do such a thing. <laughs> and the most famous of lines, we got to go back to Pashat Tetzava, which is so beautiful, full, and rich. <coughs> so we got to get off of the Rashag's eulogy. <laughs> The most famous lines, uh, he had many famous lines, he had a very powerful sense of humor. My personally, 
The Shag used to get every Shabbos Shlishi. The Rebbe got Maftir, the Shag got Shlishi. My Shabbos Afruf, Shabbos before my wedding, there were 13 Chsanam, and I was worried I wouldn't get an Aliyah. So I went to the Shag. Very few people had the chutzpah to go ask him for his Aliyah. But I had the family connection. My grandmother Shalom was a very strong connection there. So I walked in, I told him, I'm getting married, mentioned next week, he was very excited, woo. I told him in England, he says, he's not going to come. I said that uh, there's 13 Chassanim this week, and I want to have my offer by the Rebbe. So he smiled and he says, Du willst nicht mein Shlishi. You don't want my Shlishi. Du willst Shvi. You want Shvi, because if you've got Shvi, the Rebbe got Maftir. You stood next to the Rebbe when the Rebbe said the Maftir. Du willst Shvi. Du sicher kaum Shvi. As nicht kommt sich zu mir. You'll definitely get Shvi. If not, you come back to me. And I got Shvi. That's my personal connection. But the Shag was getting older, was getting decrepit, he, was, he had suffered several strokes and other things, ailments, and the Shiva was getting very trying for him. So he went to the Rebbe, he wanted to resign. So the Rebbe looked at him and smiled and said, I didn't hire you, I can't fire you. I can't ask your resignation for me, I wasn't the one to put you in the position. You have to go back to the one who hired you. Now it was known that the Rebbe would go to the ale and have conversations with the Friedrich Rebbe. It's a known fact. People stood outside, they heard the Rebbe talking, literally. The Rebbe was the only one inside. So it was known that the Rebbe would come back sometimes from the ale by, and, and have a fabrengen. The Rebbe would say by fabrengen that I was told such, such, and such. So it was a known fact that the Rebbe spoke to the Friedrich Rebbe by the, by the ale. So when he told the Rashag, you have to go talk to the one that hired you, which was the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rashag answered, I can't talk to stones. Implying that the Rebbe talks to the Friedrich Rebbe, he stands there in the cemetery, he talks to him. He says, yeah, I can't do that, he says. Anyway, and it's a proper time for anyone that wants to send in donations to the Yeshiva on his yard site in his honor. Of course, uh, be a very wonderful thing on your part. 841 Ocean Parkway, Brooklyn, New York, 11230. The office in which the Rashag sat for many, 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 many years. I remember seeing him in the hallway. Yeah, he was, a, he was a, a sight to see, what should I tell you? Let us go to the Pasha, Rabbi Say. What a beautiful Pasha. <laughs> it talks about. Big day kuhuna, the garments of the priests. It talks about the Mizbeach Azov. And another um, another concept that puts this Pasha on the map is throughout the Pasha, Meshach Rabbeinu's name is never mentioned. Since Meshach Rabbeinu was born in the Teda, the first Pasha, Meshach Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned at all. What happened? The Meherinayim of the Pasha Explains in Echal say that it's have a beshavua shechal ba zayin other. We talked all about vav other, which is tonight, tomorrow. We didn't talk about zayin other, which is the next day, Friday. Halachically, not halachically, there are many people that fast on zayin other. Zayin other is Meshe Rabbeinu's yard site. But if you live a happy life and you're always very, very excited about parties, Zainab is also Meshach Abinah's birthday, so celebrate his birthday better. 
But fasting on Zayin other is not a fast necessarily of a tshuva of, of a fasting is always for tshuva, but it's not a sad fast like Shivas Batamas or Tishabav. Zayin other. according to the Gemara, would be ultimately the date that sways which is the real other. Not Purim, but Zayin other. This is water. It goes according to Zayin other. Why would it go according to Zayin other? Because Haman Arasha made his Gzeda on other. Why in other? Because Haman Arasha said that other is a problematic month for the Jews. And the thing that is proof was that Meshach Rabbeinu, the Reya Yisrael, died in this month. And therefore, he felt that this month was a problem for the Jewish nation. Well, it's still a lottery for the month, right? The Hippopur was in this month. So, no, it's not a fast of that, not magnitude, etc. The Meherinayim says on Pashat Tzava though, since the Tzava always comes out the week of Zion Adar, which is the Stalkus of Mesha, passing of Mesha, therefore one of the reasons that his name is not mentioned in this Pasha. It's Behelam in the Tera. Another reason that also is because Mesha Rabbeinu said to the Abishter, if you destroy the Jewish nation for the Chet for the sin of the golden calf, then erase me from your Sefer. Take my name out of your Tater. So the Ebesha said that you're a Tzadik. And when a Tzadik says something like that, I have to do it. Tzadik Gezak of the Baruch Makayim. And since I have to do it, but I don't want to take you, first of all, I didn't kill out the Jewish nation, and secondly, I don't have to do it entirely. So the one passion was taken out, Meshavim, was taken out of this passion entirely. According to that opinion, okay, so Meshavim was taken out of this passion. But according to the Meshavim, who said, that because Meshach Rabbeinu's yard site is that week, makes no sense. We know that when it comes to the stalkers of a tzaddik, that although from one, high, one part we don't really see the tzaddik before our eyes now, but on the other hand we know that when a tzaddik is nostalgic and leaves the world physically, we can get from him more than we had before. More than when he was alive. The Geras HaKedish of the Tanya, the Altarebbe writes, Shabiyesa Tzadik, Chaya, Pnei Adama, Mekabal, Mena Bagvola. When the Tzadik was alive on the world, we got from him in boundaries. Tafkila Achas, Talkusay, Ashele Kabi Yosem, Vuchayoi. Chiles Ruchi Atzmiyas. After the nostalgic from the physical body, then we get more from the Chatzadik and Hansen. Why? Because we get it from his actual spirituality. So the same thing should be Pashat Tzava. Though we say that Moshe made his name is not mentioned, it's not revealed in this Pasha. But the entire Pasha is talking about Moshe. Ve'ato Tzava. Ve'ato refers to Moshe. The whole Pasha is based on Mesha. And the Klayakar explains that this is the Mahus 
and that's Muscha Shomesha. The Atta refers to the essence of Mesha himself. So we can say, therefore, that the Aliyah that comes about from the Histalkus is hinted in the number of the Psukim in this Pasha. Pasha Tzava has 101 Psukim. In my Shtayuchsen, uh, the little that we have as far as my heritage, one of the mainstays in our heritage, which is on my grandfather's Matseva actually, is a Neched Megal Bala Amukis. Bal Megal Amukis, the Megal Amukis is a very, very holy Jew who wrote many, many deep secrets mm-hmm. of Teda. And explain them. In Megal Amukis, he wrote his things, not Simonim, they were called Eifanim. It's Eifin Nun Zayin. He writes about the 101 Psukim of Tetzave. A hundred, the number 100, is a full number. When we count, we say something, a full count, 100%. But 100% means that there are 100%, there's 1%, there's 10% of the 100%, there's 90% of the 100%, and there's 100% of the 100%, but this is it. The 100%, it's in a square. It has its 100. 101, though, goes above the 100. The Masha explains... For those keeping score at home, the Sechtus Chagiga Davtes Amid Beis 9, side 2 Eine dey m'shene pirke me'a pa'amim l'shene pirke me'a v'aichad There's no comparison somebody who learns something a hundred times to someone who learns something a hundred and one times. We know that someone who learns something a hundred and one times will never forget it. The number 100 is bound with Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. But one more time, and this is Chelech and the Kamimal, this is Chai Yechina. This, in essence, is what the concept of Meshach Rabbeinu being mentioned, not, not being mentioned, in a Pasha which has to do directly with his Yahrzeit, because after his Estalkus, as we spoke before, reaches his Ashpah, this Pashtus of the Mesha, the Khaldara Vidara, his influence raises up to a much, much higher level. And it's beyond boundaries. As we see, the 101. We don't see the 101 psukim. you got to count them. And if I count them, you see, at the end, you'll see there's 101 psukim. But within the parish itself, you don't see, you don't count. Each psukim tells you this is one of 101, two of 101. So therefore, it's only hinted, at the end, we hint and we say, there's 101 psukim. So therefore, we know the entity of Titzava is compiled of 101. Because this is higher than the actual world can hold on to. And at Sof Sof, as we say, the end of the whole factor, it's not the same revelation that the Tzaddik has while he's on this world. If I care. Now we're at a higher level, we're at a higher connection. That's why when you say Yechi now, you say Yechi, you're connecting stronger with the Rebbe now than you were connecting beforehand. When you got a Dalla from the Rebbe, when you got a Sefer from the Rebbe, you got a Kuntras from the Rebbe, you all Mugbul. Now there's no Hagbalas. When you go into 770 or you go to the El, wherever you want to go daven with the, with the Rebbe, you're daven now with the Ruach, 
with this total spiritual spirituality of the Rebbe. There's no physical boundaries of with restraining us of our connection out to the Rebbe. Let us go into the Kayin, Kayin Gadol, their garments. The Mitznefes. Mitznefes was one of the garments that all kind of wore. A hat. Like a hat. <laughs> or most people would tell you, a real chassidim would tell you, it was probably a shtraimel. And the reason I tell you that, actually, the Mitznefes is only on the King Godel. By the Alter Rebbe, if you ever saw it, we don't do this today in Chabad, because we don't wear Shreimach. But all the Chassidim that wear Shreimach have very interesting custom. When it comes to davening, Take off your strangle, of course. You put on your talus over your head. I mean, and you know the mispalim to cave the it should be heavy on your head. They wear a silver atara that weighs down on their head. It's caved, believe me. Um, then, when it comes to kriyasa teda, the reading of the teda. They take off the talus from their head, they put it on their shoulder, and they wear their shtraimel. If they're called up for an aliyah, they take off the shtraimel, they put the talus on for the aliyah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know if, it's not like that today anymore. I know for at least one chsidish ashtibel in Barapak, the Kassim Besmedish, who we also had to mention, I was there last night, even Achamovel, the Kassim Rebbe, passed away in Matzah Shabbos, in Etzisrael. Um I can't go into talking about the Kassim Rebbe, because then I start crying, and then it will get uh, very mushy here, so I can't, I'm going to leave that out. We're just, and um, it should be a good to better. But one of his pet peeves was, he couldn't take people talking during davening or kriya. He did not tolerate talking in his show. And he was very open about it, shall we say. He let you know it. He would tell people, get out, you want to talk, go out. Um, he was practically American. He was here so long, but spoke perfect English. Anyway, um, the Chesidish... Huh? He spoke English? Perfect English, are you kidding me? Never heard of Yeah. Anyway, he... Um, in the Chesidish, they tend to talk a lot during Davani, and even, even more so during Kriya Satera, unfortunately. And the story has it that the guys that were in Las Vegas for a show, they had to be there over Shabbos. So they were sitting there during Shai, was doing Kriya Satera, they were all sitting and talking, weren't paying much attention to what's going on with the Kriya. And then all of a sudden they told them, Moshe, Moshe, they're calling you. So Moshe heard that they're calling him, he didn't know where they were holding even. He quickly threw down his, his trimal, he threw his towels on his head, started to run up to the bima. Someone said to him, there was a guy there, a real joker, Says that Moshe gebachtings a schwere seifer. Moshe, be careful; it's a very heavy seifer. So when someone tells you that, what do you? What does that mean? They're calling you up for hagba, probably. So he ran up and he grabs the seifer tera. <laughs> he starts to lift it, and they start screaming, "We're holy Hamishi, Put down the tera! What are you doing?" He, he was oblivious to where they were going. Anyway, in the time of the Rebbe, the eila latera had to wear shtraimel. The person that got his aliyah, got the aliyah in the shul, when you got your aliyah, you had to wear a shtraimel. And the Shabbos had a spare. 
for a person that didn't wear a shtraimel usually, but they gave you an aliyah, so the, the, the Shabbos had a shtraimel for you. Ba'ayim, and the Shabbos calls up a guy who didn't have a shtraimel, and he starts looking for the, the spare shtraimel, and it's gone. It was nowhere to be found. Yeah, so the, the Al-Tarebis, the it was. <laughs> so what happens? So the Shabbos, uh, Shabbos, he turns around, he sees the first shtraimel that came to his hand on a hook, it was the Al-Tarebis. And he gave it to the guy, he popped it on the guy's head, the guy made the brachas, after he he took it and put it back. He realized it was the Rebbe's. No. After David, the Al-Tarebbe goes to take a shtraimel, he holds it in his hand, and he asked the Shamas, did somebody wear my shtraimel? The Shamas says, yeah. So Al-Tarebbe called over the, sh- the shtraimel macha. He said to him, after Shabbos, you take the shtraimel. I'm not going to wear it now. Take the shtraimel. I want you to take it apart. And then re-sew it, reset it. Now I'm sure you're all well versed on how to make a shtraimel. <laughs> Exactly how you sew the tails on all these wonderful things. The shtraimel also gets baked. Lo pachot leyater, you bake the shtraimel. It goes into a special oven, and they bake it after it's in order for it to settle. I guess. It has to bake for about an hour, or at least in those days. I'm sure today the baking process is much more mature. It doesn't have to be all hour. The kid said, the guy left it, yeah, the guy left it in the oven and forgot it overnight. He woke up in the morning in a panic and uh, not, to his, not to his chagrin, but not to his surprise, he found that Dalton Eberstein was reduced to dust. Now what? <laughs> How do I go tell the Rebbe I destroyed his shtraimel? But Kibreda Hatanisht, he goes, he picks himself up and he comes before the Rebbe. And he was standing there very uneasy. The Rebbe saw he was very uneasy. And the Rebbe said, what happened? You burnt the shtraimel? And he said, yeah. He said, don't worry about it. Now the Rebbe had no intention of putting back on the shtraimel after somebody else had worn it. So we see them at Snefes had that power as well. The Eifet Vesis al-Shulav remained in al-Shulav Saviv pa-meinei zav b'seichem Saviv The Kayin wore also a long garment Kayin and it had on it little bells shaped like pomegranates but empty, hollow Rashi explains between them around between the two between two uh, pomegranates there was a bell the Ramban Asks on this, on Rashi's explanation. If the remainim were hanging in addition to the bell, then in essence the remainim, these pomegranates, had no use. They weren't doing anything there. If they were there for beauty, why the shape of a remainim, of a pomegranate? It's not so beautiful. <laughs> a hollow pomegranate. Should make them like uh, apples. Beautiful apple. See that Chava was Macintosh. Chava was Chava was was uh, tempted by an apple. She wasn't tempted by a pomegranate. Pomegranate doesn't have it. It's a shell. It's nobody eats. You don't bite into a pomegranate. It doesn't have that appealing look to it. It's like like a platano. I mean, come on, plantains. Um, Seramban asks very very simply, if it's done for beauty, it's the wrong thing. 
Therefore he explains that the bell was within the pomegranate. Not that there were pomegranate, hollow pomegranates and a separate bell, but rather help I need to know what is the tongue. Is it called a tongue inside a bell? <laughs> it's called the thing that makes the ding. Inside of a bell is that little metal thing. Is it called a tongue? Okay, everybody, you get on Google there, guys. Unless you're well-versed and you know that to begin with. You can either text that one in or, or put it on the Skype or something to email it. But you can't say that's what was inside according to Ramban. So we find, therefore, that the machlek is between the picture, the shape, whether the remain was there for beauty, because the Rashi, the remainder were hollow, and the Ramban says, if they were made for beauty, then they should have been like apples. They wouldn't have been remaining. So we can explain this machlek as follows. King Godel was a shliach of Klal Yisrael. He was the emissary representing entire Jewish nation. And his garments, each one represented another facet of the Jewish nation. Clapper or a hammer? Was it clapper? Or a hammer. Okay. That's We've got the name. The inside of the bell is called a clapper or a hammer. So therefore, the what came down from the Me'il was showing, was a hint implying the beauty of the lowest part of Bnei Yisrael. The Reikonim Shebecha. The ones that are empty. So according to Rashi, Pshut Mikra, the regular Pshat, Pshulei HaMe'il, hints, implies the Maila, the attribute, not the attribute. The Maila is the the greatness. It would be the greatness of the the the, the plus, the flips, or whatever the 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 good side, and the beauty of the Jew, that even the empty Jew. The Reikonim Shabbacha are filled with mitzvahs like the Rimoin, like the pomegranate. And therefore, they are empty, they are hollow, they are Reikonim, to imply about the Jew that is hollow, void of mitzvahs, void of anything, and looks like an empty Jew, but yet he's still Rimoin Kemitzvahs, Mitzvahs Kemitzvahs. The Ramban in turn says there are also Dvarim and Imim to the Yedechei, those who understand and appreciate beauty. And the Tachlis of the Rimen, their whole essence was to reveal the Yefi, the beauty, in their Ekonim. If the concept of beauty was involved, it should have been an apple. To show us, therefore, that the riman was not empty, but rather it was not hollow, but had a clapper inside. To show us there's no such thing as an empty Jew. There's no such thing as a Yehudi Rekon. Each Jew also is Molly Mitzvahs. And his Mitzvah is like a beautiful golden apple. He's a serving to God. Ooh la la. It was very interesting to note. Um, I went to be Menachem yesterday by the children of the Kassanya. As reminded of his story, one of the sons asked me, my father was down there often. We down there since we came to Barapak, actually. Since they came to Barapak. 
So we need, knew each other from the Bronx. And um, so he says that a few years ago he had a dream. It was Friday night. And he dreamt that he was standing next to the Aaron Kadesh in the shul. And my father walked over and said, hey, let's move over. My father had a Tehillah Hashem Siddha. He davened the Sakhari. Shul didn't daven the Sakhari. So he had his own Siddha. I bought him the Siddha. Had his name on it. So he used to keep it in the shelf on the side of the Aaron Kadesh. It's like a door. Or sometimes it was in the back drawer of the, uh, the Bima. The bima. Anyway, my father asked him to move over. He had to get a siddha. So he turned and looked at my father and said, but, but you're not alive anymore. So after my father was nifta, it was Shabbos the next morning. So he didn't know what to do. He couldn't do anything. So about the Shabbos, he tells me, he lit a licht for my father and uh, he said some mishnayas from the Shama. Two weeks later, he met my nephew, because my father's yacht said basically comes out in the summertime. So my son nephew came back from the country. He says, you're the lady system. When is your grandfather's yacht said? So he told him, it was two weeks ago Shabbos. Shabbos at the yacht said, my father came to him in the dream that he was in the shul. So it was a very uh, touching moment that we uh, had over there. The Urvatumim, a very controversial part that was used. In the Cheshen was put the Urim and the Tumim. Those keeping track at home, the sect is Yuma. I Gimel Aleph, 73 side 1. And the Yamada says, How did they ask the Urim Vitumim? Hashel Ponov Klape Nishal, Hanishal Ponov Klape Shkina. The asker faced the, and the one that was going to answer, and the one that was being asked, the one that was being asked faced. Hashem. Pirish Rashi. Rashi explains how did that work. Klape Shechina is Klape Urim V'tumim. It meant he was facing the Urim V'tumim. V'shem HaMefedish Shebetech HaCheshen. And there was a Shem HaMefedish. One of God's names was in the Cheshen. But the Rambam writes that Eimer HaKeim Parav Lefnei Aren. The Kayin would stand and his face would be towards the Aren. Which means Kapei Shkina. Kapei Oren. What is the argument in Ashi and Rambam? We can say that perhaps it goes to the explanation what the Urim Vitumim actually was. Rashi writes the Urim Vitumim were a paper with God's name on it that was put with inside the Cheshen. That was called the Urim Vitum. But the Rambam holds, no. That the Mepharshim that hold, that the Avne Sheyam, the stones, themselves are Urim Vitumim. And we, f- we must say this according to the Rambam, what the Rambam's explanation is, in the Mishnais, where he explains about the Shamir. The Shamir, he says, is a Nachash Kefir Avonim. The Shamir was a serpent, a, sna- a worm that cut through stones. Ubei Paschu, and he cut with this worm, with this Shamir, they cut the stones for the Urevitumim. This the Ramam explains in Mesechtis Yuma, Mishnayis, Perik Tes, Mishnah Yud for those again keeping score at home. So it lets us hear from this, therefore, that the Urvitumim were the Avneachation, not the paper inside. And the same thing also he writes, Abavram, 
the son of the Rambam, writes, in his Pirish Al-Atena, that the Urim Vitumah were the stones. And therefore it goes according to his father's opinion. According to this, we understand that Rashi holds the Urim Vitumah was a written Shema Mephedish. And therefore the person faced, like Rashi says, Klape Shechino, he faced the Shechino, so the shame I'm afraid is it was in the Shechashim. And you can therefore read from the Urim Vitumim the answer. From the Shechina. But the Rambam holds the Urim Vitumim were the stones. And therefore the Shechina was the Dafka in the Oren. Also different things about the Tzitz, etc. But unfortunately we are restrained of time. So the Shechus of the Rashag, in the Shechus of Meshir Abenu. We should be zeichet to this galus melech hamashiach to the revelations, the ultimate revelation of Gbias Gael Tzedek, the Rebbe melech hamashiach. The Sidereinu should take us out of galus this very night and Shabbat Shalom to all.